Okay, kids, let's go. There has been an awakening. Have you felt it? Hello, what have we here? Thanks, C3 penis face and R2 dickhead. Hello there. Looking? Found someone you have, I would say. <laughs> May the force be with us. Fucking A. Good day, Galaxy World Squadron Podcast. Thank you guys for tuning in. Today sucks. <laughs> it kind of does. It kind of does. I've had about enough of it and we haven't even started. It's hot. Too. <laughs> and yeah, uh, we're in the damn Chinese sauna right now. Hot. The Browns or the Browns? Are you seriously trying to watch football and not be pissed about it? Are you trying to watch yeah. football at all? Dude, I don't even want to talk about it. I think it's since I've known you, you've never really watched football ever. So what do you, what, 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 what? I'd be totally fine with not talking about it. Mm-hmm. All right, let's get into our beer review today. <laughs> let's start with that because I'm uh, frustrated. You guys that are trying to watch the video that is buffering like crazy may notice that I'm in a different location. Yep. We shipped uh, Commander off to <laughs> Cauliflower Corner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I finally uh, getting to see the Chinese bathhouse in, in person. It's hot. It's nice. Some dude just accidentally walked into our house, and uh, he was speaking Mandarin really loud. <laughs> cousin went out of his room, and uh, one second, and uh, went out, and he was like, "Hey, uh, can I help you?" And the guy was like, "Is this how you get to apartment number five? And he was just like in our living room. It was like a couch, dining room table, like people's shoes all over the place. And the guy was like yelling in Mandarin on his phone, trying to figure out where he was. So that's where we are. And now, and now that's our next guest on the show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, find that guy. I think you should probably uh, just lock your doors. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, that might have helped. <laughs> Otherwise, I wouldn't have been able to get in. So yeah. <sighs> so yeah, here, here I am. We're trying out this uh, this setup for the. The last time, because I'm about to get a brand new everything, because it doesn't seem to be operating as it's supposed to. But you can hear me, and that's the important that's thing. The, does holding a mic make you funnier? It <laughs> does, actually. Case in point, a lot, mo- lot more action. I feel like I have to deliver now. Just keep it. Like I need like a, a stool with a water bottle next to me, and need to like be moving the mic around while I'm telling jokes. And worried about, yeah, the, the cable. <laughs> yeah. It goes over there. <laughs> Luckily, you're not on stage. So, uh, oh, yeah, I am Mopar. I'm Commander Cody. We got Mr. Jacob, Jacob Weiss with us. This is we have, he has to be on because Commander's there now. <laughs> Commander's actually the Mandarin <laughs> fuck that walked in. He on. just yeah. said, shop, set up shop. And- I'm not sure if I was asked to be on it or if I was just asked for my house to be used. But Yeah, you're actually not supposed to be nope. here. Yeah. Yeah. It was a vague text. It was like, hey, uh, can I use your house to record next Sunday? <laughs> I was like, sure. Do you need me to like stay downstairs the whole time? Or like, <laughs> no, of course not. No, you've been on before, so I figured it was, you know, it, yeah. it was a good option. Otherwise, I'd be live streaming from Starbucks or something like that. We've all been there, which could be an extra special, better or worse. That's <laughs> yeah, a TMZ video waiting to happen. <laughs> so, uh, so, TMZ. ooh, nice. I'm so happy you're back in Columbus. You get to try all the goodness. Yeah, oh. I, well, I, so I sent out Glass Armor, and she did a good job of picking shit up. Um, but is this the one that you had? Because it looked familiar. I have had that. Is I don't. I don't remember if I had it on the show beer? or not, but I have had it. 
So for those right. of you not watching, this is a Seven Sun Brewing Company. It's a tall white can with the cat drinking some shit on top of it. Does he have a cell phone in his hand? Is that what's going on? I think on? it's yeah, like one of those Go phones. He's on He's on Untapped reviewing the beer that he's drinking. Oh, no, it's Yelp. <laughs> it actually says Yelp. They are smart. Uh, yeah, so I don't even know what type of beer this is. It just says drinkable and refreshing. So that's an automatic three. Because that's the only two description. <laughs> it's the only two things that matter. What are you guys drinking? I have uh, Bell's Lager of the Lakes. They stepped up their design. Oh, yeah. I really Let's like this it. can. Oh, I've seen that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's a good beer. I haven't had it out here yet. Uh, they just got it in at the local beer store. And uh, I like it. It's my first first time pouring a beer, Whoa. guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, that uh, whole drinkable description is ruined now. <laughs> Might as well it's it's drinkable, but it's not pourable. You, <laughs> you just turn that into a 12-ounce beer real quick. <laughs> oh, man. That's funny. Yeah, Mopar, I think we've had that one with... Uh, uh, with next time before, I like it. It's a good daytime, like summer beer. It's uh, it's it says it's a pilsner, but it doesn't really have that, like metallic. The land of the lakes is a pilsner. Lager, Lager of the lakes. It says Bohem- Lager Bohemian pilsner, but uh, it doesn't taste. The land like- of the lost is a pilsner. It doesn't taste like pennies. Lost boys. So it's pretty good. <laughs> pilsners tend to taste like pennies. And I have a thing from Stone that I'd never seen before. It's called the Idol. I. <laughs> Idolatrous? Adulterous. That's something that I would say like by accident. Adulterous. But it's not that. Idolatrous or something like that. It's good. Idolatrous IPA. It's from there. It says Hop Worship Series. Oh. I'm wondering if the, if there's any other type of beer that's going to take off like an IPA. There's so many. Everything's just hop and bitter, which is fortunate for us because we fans of it. But yeah, like why can't there be any like the metallic, like the, a Pilsner. Mm-hmm. Pilsner should take the fuck off because that's like the equal opposite <laughs> of a IPA. Yeah. Yeah. And we've talked about lagers of uh, the local craft breweries that are like some of our favorites. You got the Photon. Like Photon. Oh, you got yeah. the Urban Sombrero. Yeah. There's some good shit out there. I don't know. They're just much more drinkable. If you're, if you're not in the mood for a heavy, flavorful, even though that sounds bad, but an overwhelmingly flavorful like IPA, I, sometimes I just want a beer that I don't really have to taste too much. That's why I always just de- default to the Millers. Miller Light. No. I can't do it. I tried once quit, recently. Quit, All right. Quit, speaking quit, of drinkable, can we drink these? <laughs> Wait, you said you tried a Miller Light and said you couldn't do it? Recently. Yeah. Best. Oh, my God. They're classic. All right. Yeah. Cheers. <laughs> that was really good. Oh, should I, oh yeah. Speaking should I of, show you everyone need to- my... Uh, my bottle opener. Oh, yeah, do it. Good. You need to bring your drinking bell to the uh, the actual studio. This is what happens when a company that mostly sells canned beers makes a bottle opener. Is it where you hammered or is it actually like that? No, it's just been from use. Like it's slowly been doing it. And then last night it finally snapped and I just completely impaled my finger with a <laughs> bottle cap. <laughs> there have been worse things that have happened. Definitely. Hmm. So what do you think? I'm really happy. Pairs well. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really happy. Pair as well. <laughs> it pairs well with burgers and fries. Ah, uh, well, I suppose that's well, good. I'm down for a burger and a fry and a beer. Is you? No, this is really good. It's v- it's just very drinkable. That's I'm not going to say anything else. It's on the fucking can. <laughs> when they put drinkable on the can, Mopar has nothing to say about the beer itself. That it, it's automatic three out of three. So this has one of the big trends now is the hazy pale ale. 
It's very juicy. Mm -hmm. And this has a good amount of that. It doesn't say hazy pale ale, but it leaves you with that, uh, that super citrus, very fruity goodness. And it's awesome. And if you're not watching, Mopar is. Glass Armor's over here running around in glass armor. We can see it from the feed. <laughs> Fucked. I guess I uh, should specify for the people that aren't actually watching. I'm in Los Angeles. I'm with Weiss in his in his homestead. And if you didn't see him sitting next to me on camera, I'm here. <laughs> they actually just walked into a homestead and uh, I claimed a room. Kerner's in the chat saying that he's teleporting to us, and then he said poof. Okay. So I don't know. If I that's... can't stand that guy. <laughs> I was trying to tell him on the way over to the beer store. Like, you may have heard funny stories about some people. But Kerner is verbatim. Like we couldn't make this stuff up. When you see him in person for the first time, it's 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 a cartoon come to life. Oh, Commander! I guess I should be clicking the record button, huh? <laughs> oh we'll yeah, get this one of these days. Record it. Yep, I got it. Yeah. Um, oh, you guys didn't say the episode number either. I don't care. Don't nope 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 nope. Don't say Complete. it. Complete. <laughs> no, I'm very happy with this beer. Just to finish this off, uh, it is. Like a lighter, it's only four point five percent by volume. Uh, it's limited release, but it doesn't really have a, a name. I guess uh, assistant manager beer. Like, yeah. is that a series or is that the name of the beer? No, that's the name of the beer. I was confused as well because the can it like looks like there's not no label on it at all. But then I've gotten it at the uh, at the tap room at Seventh Sun, and it's yeah, assistant which manager. I've never been to. I still I wait. Need to what chalk, chalk one up? Yeah, I've never been to Seventh. That's Sun. two blocks up the street from my homestead. Well, I don't know where you live. That's so. not true. You have been there. <laughs> I, don't, I don't. I'm going to go remember. with a three. You're a three on the uh, oh, yeah. Lake Lost of the Lands? I'll put it this way. It's hot. I'm sweating. It's summer. And I'm enjoying this. These guys are Let overreactive here. I haven't bathed in a week. So it's really good. <laughs> I put on deodorant. That's the freshen up. You hit the pits and the gooch and then you're ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> it's the double pits to chesty. That's what you gotta do. Yeah, yep. you better have a separate bar of deodorant for the other spot. <laughs> exactly. That's where that's where glass armor comes in, babe. I need you to deodorize that spot again. <laughs> she the hard to reach is so pissed. She's never been on the show, and she's in every episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, very man. true. That's funny. Let me take another swig of this. This mm. uh, I will say that I wish it was a little colder. I always like my beer speed fucking frozen. Yeah, these ones that we have uh, queued up are gonna. I've been not minding. I had a I had a warm not warm. It was in my kitchen. I forgot to put beers in the fridge last night when I went to bed, and uh, I had the Angel City IPA today, and it was like room temp. It was actually like around noon. It was like a good beer to just like sip on. Nice. I know some I, beers I warmer. It's, it's, I always if it's a warm it's beer. I have to have it on an empty stomach. That sounds weird. But I can't drink warm beer with a full stomach. Sometimes it, I feel like you make up rules no, for yourself. Because it's like beer soup then. And you're like, yep, I'm already exactly. full. And now it's Jacob just like Weiss knows what the fuck I'm talking about. <laughs> well, no, but, but chin strap over here has no fucking clue. He's like never drank a beer before. It's because at, so at the skate park, we used to always like end up with beer from somewhere, like a party from the night before or something. It'd be sitting in someone's car all day. And then finally, when we felt less guilty about drinking, like 1 p.m., Everyone mm -hmm. would start cracking like a 12 of Rolling Rock and it it's literally beer soup. It's like 90 degree beer. Ugh. I can't do that. That terrifies me. Hey, I've grown. <laughs> I've grown. <laughs> also, so, about the Miller Lite comment before, I've had, I just, I had a Miller Lite recently and it, 
just was gross. It was so sweet. Something was, it maybe was a bad batch or something, but like coming from a bunch of crap beers, I had a Miller Lite and I was like, well. this is awful. It pairs well with Kraft Mac and Cheese, <sighs> Hot Pockets. You know, something like the Photon pairs well with everything. Just want to say. See, I, I have been recently, because the, these, these IPAs get just so drunk so quick. So I, I'll have like a couple IPAs and then I'll downgrade to a Miller, like even at a bar. I'll just be chilling on a Miller for a couple beers. Just to is it cool shocking off. or no? What's that? Is it shocking or no? You like that shit? Oh, I, I think it's always refreshing because always those cheap beers are always really cold at, at bars. Yeah. So it's always refreshing to me. See, I hear it's like five dollars for a Tecate or seven dollars for like an IPA. So it's like a no brainer. Yep. IPA. And we were out. I yeah. think it was three dollars. <laughs> we were. It was like three dollar Millers while we we're out. Like, how are you supposed to fucking beat that? Yo, I did. I did hit up that uh, bar behind the office, uh, Rehab Tavern. Two hearted Tuesdays, two seventy five pints of Bell's Jesus Two Hearted. Jesus Christ, those things are like seven and a half percent. Yeah, it was worth it. Um, yeah, it was worth it. My I, beer, at least what what you remember of it, is, <laughs> it was great. My beer is. Oh yeah, I didn't say this is seven percent ABV. Mine's five. Uh, I'm gonna give us a three. This is amazing. Good. Ooh, I'm excited. I only get one of those. Any usually. stone, any stone brew that is uh, on point is usually really on point. You guys got to get down try there. So hard. You got to go to their brewery. It's fucking cool. It's in SD, right? Yeah, they have, I think they have two. My mom just went. Oh, I might do that on Tuesday when I. She was oh, lovely. Sweet. She All said right, it was cool. cool. And there's there's a bunch of breweries in San Diego that do. I would talk to Riley about it because there's some that have like fire brick pizza trucks that come in and oh, like make fresh pizza. Oh, yeah. All right, I'm so cracking another one. That's do yours, it. huh? Which uh, yeah, which it one is. Guys, was at uh, Sierra Nevada recently. Um, that was someone in the chat. Uh, I think with Linus. I think. Linus. We'll Linus or... Uh, that place looked like heaven. I think it was him. Uh, so we, I did grab a few different beers, so I'll be filtering through. Yeah, I'll give you that one since I took one of yours. Yeah, you know when you got this, I opened up in the fridge and I thought it said Weiss at first, but it says... I think I had that Vines. one on the show before. Last time I had that one on the show. So, yeah. So the, the idolatrous IPA from Stone is definitely a three, and I'll try a few other different ones along the way. I did have a few Stones on... That was Friday. I got a, an Airbnb campsite in Joshua Tree and just had a bonfire and had a few beers and chilled. And it was nice. And uh, the one was like, there's a particular type of hops. And I've, I've brought this up and complained about it so many times that I feel like I should figure out what type of hop it is. Because I always say I'm going to try to remember what it is and I never do. But an IPA that was just, I don't know, it felt like too dark or something. Like peppery? Eh, kind of, yeah. All I remember is Simcoe hops are the fucking tits. Every time, every time I see Simcoe, I, I, 99% of the time, I like the IPA. I think I'm a Mosaic fan for sure. This, that too, this one yes. has Eldorado think, and Mosaic hops. I think the Mosaic and the Simcoe are both a little more floral, which I, I enjoy. But yeah, whatever this... I love piney shit too. I love the pine. Yeah. How do you feel about piney stuff? I, I'm, a, I'm a creature of habit. If someone... I'll, I drink what I drink. If someone tells me, hey, try this, and they give me a sip, and I like it, then I'll start getting that. Um... I really don't change things up much. I personally, I get the Angel City IPA because you basically are the opposite of rolling the dice. You're like, yeah, dice stay in my pocket. Yeah, when you meet, they stay in the dice bag always. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We have a cool setup here. There's this beer store downtown that does free delivery, and we have a local brewery, Angel City, that's like five streets away from me, and. I can get their six pack IPA for like eight ninety nine and free shipping. 
So I only pay tax and then I'll tip. So it comes out to like 10 bucks for a six pack IPA whenever I want. And Shit. I don't have to leave the house. Hell yeah. Yeah, we have this app called uh, Drizzly in Columbus that delivers beer. Oh, we have Saucy. It's just like Uber Eats, but for beer. It's pretty cool. Saucy is hackable, by the way. If anyone out there has Saucy in their city, just keep making new emails and use a Visa gift card. Keep getting $5 off your beer. It's a PSA. We're going to have to roll the dice with that. Coupon code ROGUE, but you have to spell it incorrectly to get the five bucks off. Uh, Guys, Han Solo came out. Yeah, I was really considering watching the digital the other night. Um, I think I'm going to wait and get the Blu-ray. I mean, I'm going to get the Blu-ray anyways, but I was like... Jumped on board. I jumped on fucking board. Well, once you buy the Blu-ray, you get the code for the digital, right? It's just that the digital-only version comes out a week early. Yep. Right. I just, uh, I'm so lazy now that if I want to watch a movie and it's not a digital copy, I don't watch the movie. But the collector's no. item. But it, it comes with all the behind the scenes and deleted scenes and everything. It, co- it came with all that I shit. Lose so I lose like, discs. The only thing I don't lose is VHSs. But almost every DVD I've owned, I've lost. Because I take it to friends' houses to watch, take it on vacation to watch, and I lose it. A while ago, like right when we moved, I sold a bunch of old shit including all my old consoles and everything, uh, and all my Blu-rays and DVDs, except for Lord of the Rings stuff, the Harry Potter stuff, the Star Wars stuff. Like, I'll keep those as collector's items. Even if I still watch the digital, I like to keep those discs for, like, you know, the important shit. Yeah, for some I mean, I keep all my Star Wars stuff, even though I watch the Harmies stuff mostly for the originals. Speaking of Lord of the Rings, mm-hmm. uh, I think on Xbox Live, the... High definition extended versions are on sale right now. Nice. So if you guys are fans of those, how much? Of the rings, it's still really stuff. fucking expensive. To be honest, I think yeah. it was down to like forty nine ninety nine for all three. Mopar, did you ever play WoW? No. Are you down? No. Uh, I just I, I never played. I never had my own account. Never had my own subscription. And last week I got like the free to play where it's like you played a level twenty, and I did it in like a day. I got hooked. That's great. How do you get from Lord of the Rings to WoW? Oh, man. It's the, the same fucking thing. <laughs> Dude, it's guaranteed. Because like, you can like role play in WoW and be like, I'm going to be a blood elf mage and like pick enchantment and tailoring for your professions and like be like fire or frost. And like, so it's kind of like if you like Lord of the Rings and you like how that whole like class system set up between like different races and like what their roles are, like, oh, if you're a. a like if you're a dwarf, then you want to be a miner and you want to like craft things. Yeah. So like the way, so you can go in and play it like that, and you're you can choose your quests based on that. So the game, it's basically like if you could MMO RPG, like for that type of lore, because it, it really like I'm I'm a, a mage, so I'm basically like a magician. So I get to run around and learn like different things that. I specifically would want to learn if I was in Lord of the Rings. And there's like the same type of quest set up where it's like you're helping these people or helping those people. But free to play till level 20. You should try it. Jesus <laughs> Christ, I'm passed out. That was so nerdy. <laughs> it's hot out here. Just, same thing. Just a bunch of sweaty. He's getting a fucking brain aneurysm talking about World of Warcraft. Sweaty nerds right out here. Just a bunch of sweaty nerds. <laughs> no, I've, I've been intrigued by World of Warcraft. The mere fact that it's been going for, what, 15 years or something like that? Yeah, probably longer. And they've been gradually updating it, adding new content, doing fixes, things like that. Um, I've been warming up to Blizzard, and I think that is huge of them to keep a game running for that long. 
that's what I really hoped Battlefront 2 could have been because <laughs> the amount of shit you could add to that game to still be in the Star Wars universe is pretty much endless. Yeah. And you can just make up new stories if you fucking run out. Um, but I, for whatever reason, Mopar, we've talked about this. We don't love the, the feel of an MMO for whatever reason. I used to hate it. I tried the Star Wars one. Yeah, I might, might just uh, take some getting used to, I guess. I mean, it's it really is about like playing with friends, even if you're not physically. I don't have any friends. Even twice. if you're not like doing a quest with a friend, just like being in Discord or like being in like a chat, and you guys are all doing your own quest, but talking and like talking about the game, it's kind of it's like anything else. Like if you guys are doing it together, you're all kind of like on the same like path. So it's definitely yeah. fun. Yeah. But yeah, you should try it, man. Yeah, it doesn't hurt. You might. I'm not gonna try it. I'm telling you right now. I have soft um, feelings. I have jumped back onto the Battlefield 4 train, and I'm so fucking happy and hyped about it. <laughs> I saw that. Oh, it's still so fucking good. <laughs> and I have not lost a step. I, I was scared that I was going to be middle of the pack, but uh, I'm, I'm still on the Mopar train, nice. running and rocking with that nice. shit. That's good to hear. I still have not played anything since I got back from Philly in July. <laughs> so Jeez. it's been like six weeks. Since I've, I've turned my Xbox on like once or twice to download stuff because I thought I was going to play something. Mopar's pissed. But uh, yeah, I haven't really played much of anything. Uh, Pokemon on my phone, that was it. And I did what I always do with Pokemon playthroughs. I got to Fuchsia City and I stopped <laughs> because Safari Zone is bullshit. And I get there and I'm like, I don't want to ride down this fucking bicycle road and fight 47 oh, cue yeah. balls and I'm just I'm done game. <laughs> by the time I get there usually like every time I've got an emulator to go back and play that's usually what's happened I started getting ads I, that I couldn't cancel out of so I stopped playing oh really I do yeah. I love the enemies the enemy names because no, no one has a name that's all just like Loser wants to battle. Like, yeah. <laughs> Biker girl. <laughs> yeah. I like the uh, the lad and lass. Did you uh, last, did you yeah. get to play the Battlefield Five beta at all? Nope, not at all. I think we did. Uh, we kind of did some uh, research and watched a few gameplay or uh, run-throughs. I think you'll like it. It looks fun. It looks really fun. I put it. I think I put like I put around fifteen hours in for that beta. Uh, got to play a lot of the classes. I ended up playing Scout the most, but knowing how you play from playing with you guys, I think you'll get a lot out of the game because it has more of like the Battlefield Four pace. Um, with the Battlefield 1 setting. So it's like still cool visually to like be playing in these older places and like the snow and stuff like that. And there's no helicopters. There's no like fighter jets, but you're still like, it's very rewarding for medics. Um, nice. I feel like the classes are balanced to where you can play a class that you're not going to get a lot of kills, but still end up at the top of the leaderboard. And they have new cool operations where like day one, everyone's jumping out of a plane and you have to set explosives. And then day two, all the survivors from day one, you get more respawns for your score for day two. And then day two. Oh, nice. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Small, stupid shit like so that that yeah. makes the game better. It's called grand operations. So yeah. you come in at night, everyone's jumping out of the plane. And basically, if you're the attackers, you have no chance. Like you're getting mowed down, you're dying right away. If your teammate's still alive, you can spawn on them if they're in your squad. If your whole squad wipes, you have to drop again. So you're against That's the, fucking sweet. Yeah, you're against the odds. It's kind of like that D-Day thing where like you're rushing this you're rushing this thing that you can't win. And then if you do survive a certain amount of people at the end, then they carry over and then it's like a balanced fight from there. But the game's fun. For a beta, it felt really good. 
Glass Armor bought me a three pack. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry for anyone that's not watching. Piss. Oh my gosh. He just held up a four pack of beer with only two beers in it and wondered what the hell is going on. <laughs> she no, must I'm, have drank uh, I'm excited one. That the gameplay sounds good, uh, pretty good. Uh, and I, I watched it a little bit, like I said, with Commander uh, before the last episode. Uh, and it did seem like a little quicker. <laughs> it's fast. <laughs> Which is, it has its ups and downs. I mean, you get in and you die quick sometimes, but if you, it's really rewarding for squad play because I played by myself with randoms and it was fun. But when I played with my friends and we were able to talk, it was like a blast. It was That's the all best, I want. It was the best a Battlefield game has felt since Battlefield 4 launched when like everyone was on and you always yeah. had full squads to play with. It felt good. Yeah. We never really knew that say, world though because we got into it kind of late. So we never really, it was always just two or th two of us, maybe, maybe Butterclone or Tommy Boy would jump in, but we never yeah. really had that full five person, everyone's committed experience, really. Yeah, it's true. And that's funny because we, we, we say that Battlefield 4 is su such a good squad game, but we, it's always just like you, you or you and me. Well, because we know how good it is just with two people. If we had a full five person, we'd be yeah. fucking raging. I mean, we played... Oh, yeah. We played like a the, couple. The one downfall when, I'm, when I was playing, like, I'll wreck, but if there's three tanks coming towards me, what the fuck am I supposed to do? Die and go to another point? Yes. That's all. Yeah. That's it. That's all. I mean, yeah. I mean, Battlefield 5 looks cool. I'm, I'm uh, reserved about their Battle Royale mode. But as far as the normal gameplay for Conquest and for Grand Operations look good. Yeah, uh, I'm just... I needed something that Overwatch wasn't filling. Oh, that'll be it. And then. I kept playing Overwatch and I was just like, I just need something better. So I, I went back to Battlefield 4. Black Ops 4. Over, see, Overwatch is, this, is a similar thing to me, though. I only want to play that if there's three of us, if not four of us. Yeah, it's, it's very lackluster if like it is a hundred percent about team play, teamwork. Yeah. So if we don't have a full team, against some people that know what the fuck they're doing, and it's yeah. like it's impossible. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Why still hasn't played Overwatch? I'm pissed about it. I played. Get it on Xbox. Play with us. Says the guy who hasn't played an 60, Xbox in six $60 weeks. Sixty dollars <laughs> for a console that I don't play anymore. Eh. Yeah. This guy went Master Race PC and fucking. Excluded us from his life. It's feeling good, man. Hops on, hops on Battlefield Five beta, first PC game ever. Feels good. Feels so. Good. Is there any bugs in it that you just like? Yeah. Uh, hope they fix this before. Uh, there's no AT rocket, so when you're up against a tank, you have stick dynamite. Um, Jesus, kind of impossible. Uh, but that's basic, how it's supposed to be. There'll be an AT rocket for sure. Um, Basic beta stuff, just like audio is kind of off, like footsteps being weird sometimes. But that's kind of how betas always are. That's how Battlefield yeah. Four is. I half I played half the match and I still don't have a gun yet. It hasn't loaded. Uh, the biggest thing is the time from death to getting back in the game because basically now everything is default to revive. So if you you have two options, you have hold for revive or skip revive. If you hold for revive and hope that either your teammate, so only your squad or another squad's medic can save you. Um, so if, if, I, if we're all playing together and you're assault and I go down, you can revive me. But if it's anyone else that's not in our squad, it has to be a medic. So if you hold down, sense. hold for revive, that takes like 14 seconds. Jesus. And then if no one comes and saves you, then you have to wait another eight seconds to respawn on like, you know, that screen where it's like behind the shoulder and your players running around. Mm -hmm. So that's like 25, 30 seconds to get back into a game 
And if you skip, it's still eight seconds, so it's 16 seconds to get back in the game. So there's like this weird lull right now where like you die trying to push an objective and you wanna you wanna get back in and like go run back in and help your squad or like try to like because if someone's not reviving you, that means they're in a gunfight. So you want to get back in and help, which is how Battlefield should be. Also, while you're down waiting for a revive, you can't look around and see the objectives and you can't see your mini-map. So you can't call out like, oh, I was downed from west or I was down. Oh, yeah, that's was, a problem. I'm by B. Like I'm in between B and A. Come and get me. So I think that will de that one's kind of obvious. It'll get fixed. Um, I hope they speed up the revive time. Like I could see them doing like, if you hold for a revive, you opt out of waiting to respawn. Yeah. But I personally would like to see situational revives where like if you're defending an objective, then you have a chance for revive. But if you're pushing for an objective, then you have to respawn. Like I would like to see something like that where it's like basically it's higher risk going to push uh, an yeah, objective. Yeah, the defenders have the advantage. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Which I like that you can kind of like start to build up. And oh, the building is fucking cool. Like, oh, like the Fortnite thing where you can build back up yeah, so barriers and shit? For us, it's like you press T and it pulls out a hammer. And if someone blew up your wall, you can put down sandbags. Or if there's a window, what? If, oh you're, if you're a scout and you're like in a building sniping and you know what window you're going to be using, you can go to a different window and board up the window so that no one can shoot you from behind or from the side. And then you can just like sit in that window. That's sweet. And then someone has to push you from in the building. And then they'll have the advantage because it's close quarters and you're a scout. So like the game seems pretty thought out. Um, That's awesome. Mm. Yeah, when you were saying about the revive thing, it's kind of like, I thought that would be a cool mechanic. Like it sounded like a cool mechanic. Like if you want to allow yourself to be able to be revived, you have to like opt into that and it's going to take longer. Yeah. Or you can respawn quickly and start from back wherever the fuck you were. Because I think ba Battlefield 1 had it, but, but it, was, seems it was quick. Like it was like, you kind of had a chance or you could just bounce and like yeah. go straight to respawn. Yeah, yeah. So uh, long story short, we're going to be buying that shit. Yeah, and Black Ops Ford. I know he's been talking about Black Ops since before I even thought about. So it. tell us about Black Ops. No, Call of Duty's back. Don't let him talk anymore. Call of Duty's back. They get it. That's it's, it's that so simple. It is, where's what's the setting of, of Black Ops? I don't know. It's just a fucking fun game. <laughs> <laughs> it really. It's one of those. It's it's so fun that it doesn't matter. You're you're playing a fun game where there's there's fun weapons, there's fun classes, it's fun maps. The map design is amazing. It's that's good to say. I never thought about when Battlefield 4 was set or who it was against or what the story was. Yeah, it's like if you're playing a good game, it doesn't matter. The, the games that, unless you're playing like a storyline game, I feel like if you're playing a multiplayer yeah, a game, thing. all that yeah. stuff's just like extra lore. I don't give a fuck about the story of Overwatch. Yeah, if you're hopping in Team Deathmatch or there like, is no story of Overwatch, there is, but I don't care about it. Yeah, I mean, for that's how I feel oh. for like Black Ops 4. It's just like to get in and play a game, <clears> it's just like fun, fun guns, fun game, gun game. Dude, oh, the map design. Yeah, I, and I just, li like Commander just said, Don't quote me. I just like the small little games and the different modes that you can do in a classic Call of Duties. Dude, gun game and sticks and stones and all that other shit. That's what they're fucking love it. That's what their Battle Royale now is, basically. It's just love an extra it. game mode. And it's going to be everything that everyone... It's going to take away all the problems with PUBG. And it's going to take away all the problems that people have with Fortnite. It's going to be like that See, perfect middle ground. I say I like all the game modes and Battlefield 4 has about 103 of them. And I've only played like Two. maybe three of them. Yeah. Oh, also, uh, since I've been playing Battlefield 4, I fucking 
love the maps on it. Mm -hmm. Finally, I was going all over to all the different maps, and it was like not just Siege of Shanghai. 24-7 uh, Shanghai Live. I know. Oh, my God. Dude, I, I, it was so... They all are. That, that made me shut it off and put it away for like three months. Um, but yeah, so I jumped back on and it was like Caspian Border and a bunch of like Hosnian system and a bunch of different shit that I've never heard of. Um, but it was, yeah, it's just, it's refreshing. And those maps get so big that it actually, you could feel the flow of the battle yeah. in those really big maps. So That's why I feel like you guys are going to, if you try it, I feel like you'll end up liking the Call of Duty Blackout, the Battle Royale version. Because they've implemented Bullet Drop. They've implemented Bullet Lead. They have a different range of weapons. They have DMRs where like you actually have to equip a scope to be able to use it efficiently. They have heals. They have like they basic it's finally that blend of like kind of what Battlefield shined with. Mm -hmm. Now is kind of in a Call of Duty. Like playing the Call of Duty Battle Royale feels like Battlefield 4 if you only had one life and you have to work as a team and stay out of the circle. Like it, yeah. it's it's just so polished and they've done so well with making Call of Duty like fun in that way. Well, they couldn't. It was they didn't need to do a copy paste of Battlefield Four or Battlefield in general because it, it Call of Duty is a simpler, faster, easier game. But they just have I don't know where the fuck I was going with this. Uh, <laughs> Bad Bo uh, said that now that Maul's back, they better have him fight Vader. Is there going to even be no please an opportunity please, for that? Please no. Vader's. No. What? No, please no. Um, <laughs> on the battlefield, fuck. I just had a thought, and then I don't know where I'm going with it, too. Ah, oh, shit. I just had a great idea. Games. You know, sometimes it, I, I just, it irks me that why don't they just keep making map packs for older games? <clears throat> like, if they kept making new maps for Battlefield 4, I would 99% of the time buy them. People I do. I think the model has shifted a little bit since then, though. Because that was... Them. Because that was right on the end of this, we're going to release one major DLC like twice a year or something. And now it's more along the lines of they're updating games, not just with fixes, but with more content like every week or every other week, even console games. So I think it's just a little different. Mods. Mods. Yeah. He God. just wants to convert all of us to PC. <sighs> you can still play Battlefield 4 and play new maps <laughs> on mods. Yeah. Oh, I know what I was so, going to say. I know what I was going to say. So I was watching a, uh, a streamer review... Call of Duty World War II, because when that came out, I was kind of interested. It was like, oh, maybe we can get back into COD and it ended up not being that great. Um, but he described it very well. It's like Battlefield literally feels like you're on a battlefield, the way the maps are set up and everything. Call of Duty feels like you're in a paintball court that is set to look like a World War II battlefield. Yeah. Um, so, but along that line, like COD is very smooth and it's very perfect for what it's supposed to be. It just doesn't feel as rich of an experience as we want for something like Battlefield. That's just kind of more along our lines though. But then open it up and put it on a four kilometer square map with 15 small towns, a construction site. Well, see, that's something I've been waiting for because Call of Duty has always felt so closed that's in like that. Yeah. Now to be able so to with, like, to be able to pick up like a Koshka or like one of those like snipers from Call of Duty and actually be able to aim down sights like eight times and see mm -hmm. someone running like 300 meters away. That's huge use for Call bullet of Duty. lead and bullet drop oh. to hit some, or like someone hops on. A, so there's quads, helicopters, armored trucks. So it's like, it's really blended kind of all of these things where like, I feel like this game could only come out now. 
Like it couldn't have there's come other, out before. There's other reasons why Battlefield just was a lot better. Like the you have the the water and the water vehicles and that aspect. Then you have the buildings that can come down. Then you have the air aspect that it all meshes into one thing. And I fucking love it. Sorry, I'm giggling because I can see Glass Armor playing Skyrim in the background. I know exactly and she, where she is. She too. walked into Bellathor's shop yeah. and I was just <laughs> waiting to hear some shit from Bellathor. <laughs> I'm telling you guys, you got to try Blackout because it's it it has those battlefield aspects where there's like helicopters that you can... You don't even need to use as an attack vehicle. Sometimes they just get you the advantage of having the higher the higher ground. Always got to get the high ground. But there's yeah. boats. It's, it's just fun. And if you played the old Call of Duties, like... The original Black Ops, Modern Warfare 2, like all that stuff. Those maps are reworked into their Battle Royale map. So there's like a Nuketown Island that has like the two buildings from Nuketown, but you can actually go to the rest of the neighborhood. And they have a ray, oh, wow. but it's not in the snow. It's like dried up and in the dirt and grass. And it's so they basically took some of these older maps that were so small and they just said, this is a place you know. Now it's run down and you can just keep going past that border and like into other towns. So it's almost like all these towns were on the same island the whole time, which is like a cool thing. <clears throat> that is awesome. I like it a lot. I'll have my highlight video coming out next week. Anyone that wants to see that? Yeah, it sounds interesting. Like and subscribe to Jacob Wise. <laughs> got a couple, got a couple quick scopes. Got a Guys, couple tomahawk kills. Guys, this is kills. so sad. Can we smash the like button, please? No, it sounds like you, I trust you, the way you think about movies and especially video games too. Like you, you come at it from a totally different perspective than I ever would. So I respect your opinion. So I think I'm going to get it if I can, you know, get back into games and in the first place and get my yeah. Xbox out of the closet and wipe the dust off. And I think the, touch thing it. That, the thing that makes me the most like willing and excited to invest in a game like that is I played PUBG for a long time and to just be overlooked by developers and they're working on creating streamer skins instead of new content or fixing issues like desync. Uh, the game was broken and they were working on cosmetic stuff instead of actual gameplay. So now to see someone like Activision, Treyarch, Blizzard come in and bring Call of Duty and already be talking about a competitive side of it for PC as well as continuing their competitive side on console, that makes me excited because if there's an issue with the game, they're going to get on it right away to fix it. Also because you said that Blizzard owns it now, right? I don't know. I'm pretty sure they own it. Either that or they... Uh, I know they supported them since it's off Battle.net. That alone could have been the entire thing to make it actually a good game. It it <laughs> runs amazing. And it's the same. So like on PC, it's the same sensitivity system as Overwatch. So that makes me think that they're actually using some of the code from Overwatch in Black, in the new Call of Duty. Interesting. Yeah. Video games suck, though. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be there. Is that publisher or developer? Uh, it said Treyarch and Activision. Yeah, that's going to be who develops it. But if it's distributed by Battle.net, hmm. that's different. And they Oh, no. So, yeah, Blizzard acquired Activision. Yeah. That's why. Yeah. As soon as I saw that, I was like, okay, of course it's a great game. Mm -hmm. All right, so I'll be getting that October 12th. Yeah. I might get it on Xbox just to play with you guys. It's that fun. Oh. <gasps> yeah, you better. All day. Um, have you? So, you guys, have you... Have you seen any of the deleted scenes, <laughs> extra scenes, and none of that? No, I, I thought about it the other night. I thought about getting the digital for Solo. And you're talking about the digital deleted scenes for Solo, right? Um, yeah, I, I went through them today and they were pretty good. Also, Ron Howard makes like a... Uh, he does some, some extra stuff too. 
um, just kind of his point of view and how he created some shit. So it's a uh, pretty cool. We can go over it more once I actually see them. Yeah, I haven't seen them either. But I um, was seriously considering watching it, and I knew that we're going to do fanboy commentary very soon. Like, if not next week, then the week after. So I figured I would kind of want to wait and have a half fresh take on the movie. I am still picking up small little things, obvious things even, uh, from Solo. I watched it twice since I downloaded it. Man, it's they, they're so smart. First of all, who a THX or ILM? What's the sound company? Uh, THX. But THX. no, it's, no, THX is a, it's like a, uh, fuck, I don't remember what it is. It's like a product. Industrial like Light and Magic. No, no, it's a Skywalker sound. They are so smart with their shit. Cause I was, lo- I was listening to like the behind the scenes and how they pulled, like how they created the Maw octopus thing and yeah. their it sounds and there it was one of the guys that was on the team that was talking about how he used I think it was a walrus for most of the sounds because it was such a guttural sound I'm like dude I would have never even thought about <laughs> using a fucking walrus it was like that and a like a prairie dog scream that he meshed I was like what <laughs> how does this even like come together well fucking you always talk about the tie fighter sound why yes, would you ever exactly. think of that? And it's like an elephant in a hydroplaning. Yeah, elephant in like a car skidding. Yeah, mm. um, those guys are crazy. But not even, not even that. There was another one with with the coaxium, or is that what it is? Yeah, yeah. You Where got a word right. It's it's leaking. They're in the uh, Kessel Run, and one of the guys checks on it and you can hear it like hissing, like it's getting too warm because it's going to fucking explode. The dude was just like, yeah, I wanted it to sound like a hissing thing. So I went on YouTube and found this guy who put like gummy bears in this acid and it made like a hissing sound. So that's where we got it. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Why can't you just make a hissing sound? Like with, with a pipe. That's awesome like, though. But that's what he used. He, he was dropping gummy bears into test tubes with like hydrogen peroxide or some shit. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's it's a curse knowing how. Well, it's not. I wouldn't say it's a curse necessarily, but knowing how the sound gets made for movies is so interesting. But then when you start watching movies after knowing that, you're like, oh, none of this was recorded on site except for the voices. And even then, a lot of that's ADR. So like they are inputting the footsteps, the doors closing, the can setting on the table, all that stuff is getting put in in post by the sound effects team and. It's just crazy to watch it, and you can tell so obviously when it's bad. Off-screen dialogue. Oh yeah, the ADR like every, especially. Like yeah, every punch that's ever happened in a movie. Yeah, it's just like someone right. dropping a sandbag. But when it's done well, like like you in in all the Star Wars movies for sure, especially Solo and Rogue One. Uh, yeah, it's like you have no idea that that's even a thing. It's, You're so immersed. It's every. You need the mic. Every single movie, every single TV. <laughs> you should show. know this. Every movie, every TV show, there's ADR. Like, and it's yeah. it's weeks of ADR. Yep. And the weird thing is, it's after edits. So they'll normally do on set, then they'll do they'll start their edits, and then they'll do pickup shots, and then they'll edit, and then the very last step is usually ADR before they they do what's called like a locked edit, which is where then they start to do like color correction and all that stuff. But ADR in every project is the same way people like think that reshoots is an issue. That's completely normal. Yeah. Like everything from small budget films, they everybody goes into a movie or TV show 
predetermined budget for reshoots. It's just, it's expected. And that's just to guarantee that you get the best. It's quality control. Yeah. It's not an right. issue or a red flag. It's just, it's kind of how the industry is built. But no one wants to listen. Everyone's pissed. Everyone, anything that happens on well, a movie set. It's because everyone knows more than everyone else. Right. Anything that happens on a movie set. Oh God, this movie's doomed. They showed up for a shooting today. Oh shit. This movie's going to oh, be terrible. They pushed back filming a week. <laughs> <laughs> they just rewrote the script in seven days. It took a two-hour lunch break. God. God. Lunch. What? <laughs> um, one of the other big things while I was watching the behind the scenes and the making of, uh, I was very impressed with the girl who played L3. Oh, yeah. yeah. Phoebe Waller. Yeah, they, it was cool how they did it. They, it was like a half CGI, half... She like wore the suit and then under the suit she had her green screen like moccasin or whatever the fuck you want to call it. But <laughs> it was, it's cool feet, how, how like for, for all of her movements. <laughs> what? Sorry. A moccasin is for one appendage. And isn't she wearing a green screen suit for her entire body? Yeah. She's, she's green man. <laughs> she's green man with moccasin. like a little few pieces of astromech droid on top of her. But also, yeah, I didn't know she was built from like astromech shit. Astromech protocol. Yeah, and Lando mentions that she's yeah, like compiled together from a bunch of things. She basically built herself back from like different things. Yeah, has gotten rebuilt. Yeah. Right? So I, I was actually really impressed. I didn't know any of that. And when they were talking about it, it was like, yeah, she's got, if you notice, half of her arm looks like R2-D2's leg. It's just mm -hmm. like, and as soon as I started looking at it, I was like, what? This is making way too much sense. Fucking hate it. Um, I was watching. Yeah, uh, I, sorry, go ahead. I don't want to talk about I it. I thought anymore. you were done. I thought I could read your mind after how many years. I was watching uh, Empire on the way over here on the on the plane, and at any time they were in the Falcon, I was just listening to Han's dialogue and just <laughs> picturing him talking to L three instead of the ship itself. I love that. It's so cool how that ties back. Like something yep. so small, like it's not a it's not it's a retcon, but it's not a retcon because Han talking the story, to the ship it wasn't yeah. it wasn't wrong. They just made it so much more rich by adding L3 as a character in Solo. It's so fucking cool. Yep. And I know we've said it before, but it makes the Millennium Falcon a character now yeah. instead of, you know, a ship. Yeah, so fuck yeah. you guys so, for wanting it to crash the next movie. No, I'm just Dude. ready for every, I'm, let old things die. I'm with no, Kylo, bro. I'm ready. I, I can't see the, I can't see Chewie go and I can't see the Falcon. Go. All right. I think I was talking to somebody. They got pissed when I said that and I corrected it. So I don't want, I don't want Chewie and. Uh, C-3PO and R2 and the Falcon to die. No, I get it. For the sake of the story. I just want yeah. them to be gone now. Yeah. Get, get the yeah. fuck out. I'm so if, the, if the Falcon has to crash... I don't want to see him anymore. If the Falcon yeah. has to crash, that's uh, a price worth paying to enrich the story. Yeah. There was other small things where... You, so Sith. When they're running from the TIE Fighters in the Maw area and Han does that like drift thing in the space dust... They actually pulled a an actual drifter, like an American race car driver, and it's just like if you were in a spaceship, how would you drift this? And they actually use his suggestions of, well, you would have to jack the wheel this way. Oh, Someone cool. would have to pull a parking brake or something, and that's where Chewie's reaching up and like pulling a lever. I'm like, this is fucking that's perfect. Sweet. That's like sweet. That. Yeah, that attention to detail makes all the difference. Yeah, and then the other small thing, which might have been obvious for everybody else, but every time you watch a Star Wars movie. Yeah, you notice something. L3 plugs in to the Falcon, and it's the first time that her and Lando, that you see them go to light speed, and she's preparing to go into light speed, and then she starts going, boo, woo, 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 and then she smacks herself. Ooh. Yeah. Like, dude, 
It's built into the fucking Falcon. That's why Han always has to smack it. I'm like, this is so fucking perfect and well Shit, thought I out. I did notice that. That's awesome. Yeah. How he's always like, uh, what is it when they're trying to get away? And he like tries to punch it and it doesn't work. Like that's just yep. L3. Like she, so stubborn. Like that's, Damn it, L3. That's perfect. Yeah. Dude. Well, every time he like turns it on, it, it, it like half turns on and it starts going down. So he punches it and then it actually turns on. You're yeah, like, that's so fucking perfect. Fucking thing. Yeah, so speaking no, I, of... Uh, I was really happy with the L3 and all the behind the scenes and the making of... Because I guess um, creating of L3, she was supposed to be an astromech. Like the, the huh. prototype designs, she was supposed to be an astromech. That would have been so different. Yeah. yeah. I mean, maybe, she is like maybe. a... She is like a female version of R2 that actually speaks instead of beeps. Like I imagine that R2 would... Well, I guess that's true. That's well, true. R2 is more of a dick. K2 is like sarcastic and condescending. R2 is just an asshole. Yeah, I think so. Well, he's been through so much shit. Um, yo, speaking of, dude, this was crazy. I went to the, when I was in Vegas, I went to the Star Wars virtual reality experience. How was that? Dude, I was not prepared for how awesome it was. And describing it is going to sound like nothing. You have to actually... It was, it was extremely fun and playable. Three out of three. Well, so the VR that I've done, which is very limited, is basically you put on the headset and you stand still and you can like move your arms and stuff or like step back or step forward, but you're pretty much in, the, in one place the entire time. So they had like you go into this... Once you get all geared up, you go into this room and they had multiple other rooms that you actually walk through. So it's all like measured out the right way. So when you put the VR thing on, it looks like you're Whoa. in the... So you don't bump into walls. So you don't bump into walls and stuff. You can see where the walkways are. You can see where Crazy. the gun is when you pick it off the wall. So you step in and like you're in the, the bottom like cargo bay of an Imperial shuttle. And everything is exactly like it would be in the movies. And then one of the fucking doors moves down and opens and you look over and it's freaky as first because it, like they put you in this square room. So I'm in the VR and I'm like, if I, I'm going to bump into the wall if I walk there, right? But no, in the meantime, they've opened like a door or something. So this, this part of the shuttle opens up and you walk across and like you're seeing the lava of Mustafar below you and you like you walk into oh, gee, this dude. It was creepy at first because it was so realistic. Like I was like, I'm going to fall over into this pit of lava if I step to the left. Like it was that real. I mean, yeah, your brain. Dude, it was crazy. When you're seeing it and yeah. walking, your mind just like puts its pieces. Yeah, my brain was out of control the entire time. But it was cool. <laughs> so it was it was themed on like right before Rogue One. So you get this uh, message from Cassie and Andor at the beginning, and then K two is the one that's leading you through the entire thing, and he's just in your face talking shit the whole time, which was cool. And they actually got the actors to do it, so it was literally them. Um, but yeah, you go through this this whole little. 15 minute storyline. It was kind of fun. You get a uh, blaster off the wall. You're an undercover stormtrooper. You're shooting stuff. Like the shooting was actually pretty accurate. It was cool. I was getting headshots on stormtroopers. Um, and I don't really think it's a spoiler because I'm just going to say it. But you get to the end and you're almost like off of this Imperial base. And then a door, you hear the breathing of Vader and then a door opens and it's him with the lightsaber like at the end of Rogue One in the hallway scene. And you try to, you have a blaster in hand, so you like you're literally trying to shoot Darth Vader, and he's just effortlessly blocking everything. Like the VR version of Darth that Vader was terrifying, as terrifying as I would imagine seeing Darth Vader in person. Like it's it was so reactive. I was blasting him. I shot so much, and he deflected every single one, choked my partner, threw him against the wall. Oh, it was it was crazy. It was nice. so crazy. It was surreal. 
It's like a little kid the whole time. It was awesome. I love that stuff. That's why I like going to Disneyland because they have like star tours and all that stuff and you get to get, just like sit down and be a kid. Yeah. I can't even imagine what the, the park is going to be like when it opens. It's going to be crazy. Yeah. Hell yeah. Um, <clears throat> another thing, another thing that uh, Solo, that I, that I noticed was- I thought you were uh, done with Solo. I'm not done. There's so many things right here. So all the cockpit Millennium Falcon scenes were shot. They created this like ride capsule, kind of like is that exactly how you would picture it? Like if it moves up, it kind of, you know, the screen, if they fly up, the whole thing kind of shifts up, just like a ride at Disney World. Uh, but they also created this like IMAX 180 degree screen in front of them. So when they were shooting and you could see outside, and when they went to light speed, the screen would show light speed. Whoa. So it actually helped them when they were going through the maw, it would show <laughs> the space dust and everything. So they were able to react and look at things as they were flying rather than just like pretending to see an asteroid. Like that Force Awakens scene where it's green screen and Ray looks to Han and says, I've never seen so much green in my life. And yeah. It's actually, That's hilarious. it's actually a green screen. <laughs> How does Harrison Ford not start laughing in that moment? I know. No one got that. Yeah, as much green so, the it, but all, all of the back, like the back of the head cockpit shots actually showed the screen. That's it, cool. the, what they were seeing wasn't, I'm saying like after edits and everything, they didn't put in the light speed. The camera was just picking up the screen. Right. And they used that. So oh, that's I thought awesome. that was interesting. I wonder if that was a Ron Howard thing. Yeah, I saw a shot. Um, so back when he, he took over and he was uh, doing some behind the scenes photos of filming, I saw a giant projector screen and they were like playing light speed on the screen. I was like, I just always assumed that was like a, a post-production thing. Yeah. So maybe that's probably, what that was probably part. still did post it. It probably still was an edit that they did to make it look so real, but they also probably supplied that for the actors. That's awesome. Cause like I've worked in projects like that before where it's like, um, it'll be like someone driving in a car and you green screen in the background but they'll actually project like city night lights so that the actors can kind of like get in the vibe of it and like kind of get that feeling. And then they mm -hmm. probably just post it in after so it looks like movie quality. But I wouldn't be surprised if that was something that Ron Howard brought. Because like, I just watched his masterclass about directing and he talks about Star Wars quite a bit in it. And the amount of passion that that dude has about like storytelling in that setting and that world is unbelievable. Well, it seems, he seems more of a actor's director where he provides you with so much more than mm -hmm. what a George Lucas would. Yeah, just be mad. What? Well, well bad at fucking what? Like, what are you talking about? The only... I'm pissed. Whatever. I'm fucking done with it. Um, but I guess... Oh, the other thing that I wanted to say, which I thought was interesting, is they actually gave Chewbacca lines. They actually translated it for Alden... To react to. I remember that, yeah. So in the script, it doesn't show RAR. It shows an actual That's cool. English translation. So, uh, yeah. So Alden was able to react appropriately. And I'm sure that made it easier for uh, Jonas to act as well. Like he knows what he's trying to say. Yeah. Instead yeah. of just like be upset. Yeah. I don't know. I would like watching the Ron Howard Masterclass, which is basically just like four hours of him talking about directing and like how he sees storytelling. Um, it was really interesting to watch knowing that he turned down directing episode, episode one. one. Yeah. 
Like knowing he turned down that setting and that story. Wait, Ron Howard turned down one? Yeah. Yeah, I feel like we brought that up when he got announced as the director for Solo. We were like, he worked on Willow with George. He almost directed episode one. He worked on American Graffiti. Yeah. Like, he knows George. It, it makes sense. Yeah, so like George Lucas wanted him to direct Phantom Mentis. And he said no. Because... Sorry, you said Mentis. That's uh, just how I talk. <laughs> I had letters in the middle of words. Yeah. Um, he said no, because he was like, this is your story. Like, you should tell it. You should direct it. Like, it's your thing. Um and he also said, like, I want to see it. Like, I don't want to be a part of it. Like, I want to go to a theater and see this movie. Mm-hmm. I don't want I don't want to lose the magic of it. So to see him come back and add more magic to the storytelling of Star Wars as a whole, I think was really cool. And the fact that he even took it in the first place meant that he must have really seen something where, from a professional standpoint, he thought, I can bring more to this. So it's cool to see that he actually got to kind of make Solo the most it could be, I think. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. really interesting. I knew he didn't direct it, but I didn't realize why he turned it down or if it didn't work out. It it sheds a little bit light on like Red Letter Media's big criticisms that Lucas had complete control and did whatever he want forever, no matter what. But if he was about to hire somebody else to direct it, I wonder if, if Ron had accepted, if he had, would also have hired two other directors for episode two and three. Yeah. And if the prequel trilogy would have been 100% different. I don't want to change it. I don't either. I just, it's fun I, to think I'm about. I'm fine with it exactly how it is. Just I guarantee you. It's fun to think about. Like, fun to think Ron about. was asking, what is this about? He's, he said, oh, it's, a, it's a fucking floppy duck and he becomes a Darth, Darth Lord. And it, they're like, he's like, no. I'm no matter go. how bad, not only going to say bad, no matter how uninterested I am sometimes in Attack of the Clones, I wouldn't change it. Because it got from that to Revenge of Sith. I like the Star Wars. Yeah, I want to. So when uh, <laughs> when when Han asks Chewie what well, basically what his name is after they fuck up for the first time and and they pretty much half the team dies, Rio dies and Val dies, or maybe it's in preparation to that. Whatever he's asking him, like, do you have a name? Like, what is it? He doesn't just say Chewbacca. He says Chewbacca, son of Adichuk or whatever. It's a yep. long fucking word with a lot of T's. Yep. Uh, but that makes it mean so much more when he's like, I'm not going to say that every time. Like, I'm going to give you a nickname at one at one point or another. Oh, but yeah, it, that makes sense. The fact that instead of him, instead of in the script saying just Chewbacca. Right, right, Like, that doesn't seem that bad. But when he says, oh, yeah, my name's Chewbacca, son of Allah, like Allah. Um, <laughs> it is. It actually, they took sense. that from like Legends. It. No, that ma- that's actually an actual character. That's kind of like that classic tribal type of thing, too. Yep, yep. There's a lot of small things in in Solo that I really like. Rio was perfect. I fucking loved Rio. Hey, he man, he's he's about to direct a Star Wars television show, so yeah, he better he better be in it. You see that photo of him with uh, hanging out with Dave Filoni? Yeah. So now it's at the ranch. Not only was he a Mandalorian in the Clone Wars, he was also Rio, and now he's getting his own Star Wars TV show, and he made. Still to this day, one of the top three Marvel movies of all time. Can we just think about the uh, the the path of him, John Favreau? Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's amazing. That's like a, a dream for. He people. was also, I think, like a co. Have you ever seen a uh, Dinner for Five? Nope. Oh man, nope. you got to check that out. I ain't so it's seen this, it. It's this old show. You can find most of the episodes on YouTube, but um, it's basically five people sit around a dinner table and eat and talk. But there is an episode where Mark Hamill and J.J. Abrams are eating together. And it's in like 2008. 
and Luke, or I almost said Luke, Mark Hamill's talking about how when he came back for episode six, he thought that he was going to be dark side. Like he thought he was going to think like, oh, now I am Vader. I wish. So JJ Abrams is sitting there at the table in like two, somewhere between like 2006 and 2009. And he's hearing Mark Hamill talk about how like Mark Hamill thought he was going to the dark side. Like he thought his journey was going to end with him becoming Vader. That's awesome. And then now like, it's so funny to see like the criticisms about like how Mark Hamill hates what Luke did. But like, from the beginning, nope. he thought that's who he was. He thought he was going to actually be dark. Yeah. And like, we never even actually see him go dark. We saw him have a fleeting moment of being dark. Well, that kind of plays off of like, bam. You, you essentially become your parents. Like, you grow up and you think, I'm going to be completely different. I mean, in, in a general sense. Yeah, because Anakin like, wasn't I, there for his children. Yeah. See? Exactly. Think like, you it. always think. I'm I'm gonna grow up and be way different than my dad, and then me and him say the exact same thing, exact same time, and then <laughs> we hit our ass at the same time during the day, and it's just it's it's ridiculous. <laughs> Bunch of savages over there. <laughs> There's nothing but. Um, yeah. No, I know what you mean though. There was another like, I understand why they shot it. So after they fuck up on the train and everything blows up and Val dies and so does Rio, they're walking back in the snow, all the way in the snow. <laughs> There's a deleted scene of Han and Chewie having a straight up snowball, snowball fight. fight. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like obvious reasons why they didn't put it in. But at the same time, Chewie starts it and I'm like, I kind of fucking like this. I like that. Chewie's just being a like a fucking dirty bastard and fucking with <laughs> Han because he knows Han can't do anything. Also, he's like been a slave and he's seen family members die and he's been stuck in this whole thing. Like, okay, a job just failed. Like to him, it's not the end of the world. Like he, right. for Chewie- he's had way worse shit happen. For Chewie to be who he is in like episode seven and episode eight, after all this shit just keeps going on. After Han dies, he's still there. Like for all for him to keep that, like there's got to be a part of him that's like, all right, well that fucking sucked. Like, still yeah, got still got to go to work tomorrow. I agree with you, except for the part about Han dying. It definitely rattled him. After he, seeing Solo, I feel like Han's death should have meant way more to him. I think that's why you see Chewie so like withdrawn. Right. Chewie eight. tries to kill Kylo. Yeah, but I mean, like that's he's fucking tore up about in it. episode eight. I feel like he's more <laughs> he's like withdrawn. Like it's almost like this. Like still, I don't. Well, I don't know the any, next day. He's I don't know anything it. else. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm here because there's something I have to do. I suppose that's true. And he may not know what he has to do yet. But like as far as he can tell, the best way to continue this on is just being there. Yeah, and it's not been that long, I guess. Yeah. I was more along the lines of like, so Honda eyes, Chewie roars, waits for Honda to fall, and then blasts Kylo, and then detonates that shit, and then runs back to the Falcon. That's it. And then in in, in eight, he's. Reserved, like you said, but all he does is push Luke's door open. I mean, I guess maybe he feels like continuing on what he owes Han is just finishing what Han wanted to do. Like Han he really thought that it was about saving Kylo. Like that's why Han went there. So if Chewie thinks that's what Han's dying wish was, maybe Chewie will that's, feel like yeah. saving Kylo is finishing Han's last deed. That's a good point. I hope he rips his fuck his ar arms off. <laughs> I hope too. Will that be the first time we see him actually rip someone's arm off? It's just Kylo's. Kylo loses. No, his he did hand. in Solo. I don't think we saw it. Yeah. No, he like. Yeah, 
He tombstones. Uh, maybe he does do a droid or something. No, I'm pretty sure he rips guy's arms off in Solo. Because we saw it in a deleted scene in 7. Yeah, he ripped off Ankar yeah. Plutt's arm. They didn't put that in. And now I think he did actually do it in Solo. You're right. They I did know. it. He did right. it at some point. Yeah, I know. Uh, I also think one of the most badass scenes of all time is Kira getting locked in at the mines and oh, yeah. her fucking that whatever up. And L3 kind of was Pike just like, well, that was awesome. Yeah. Yes, this is, she's a fucking killer. Yes, There's something behind Kira that we all want to know because she has a really dark past. And I, I love it. Yeah, dude. She's awesome. Because even when she first meets up with uh, Han again on uh, Dryden's ship, he says, how did you get out? And she, she says, I didn't. I'm like, damn, some shit going down. Uh, yeah, I didn't. I, yeah. Sex Damn. slavery. Uh, <laughs> no. Maybe. Choose wisely. I hope not. Could be. Choose wisely. Choose wisely. Hey, you need a, an alias, by the way. Mobile order. That's What is that from? The Starbucks. <laughs> it happened like five years ago. I made a second incident. They didn't even accept mobile orders five years ago. Yeah, it started in like 2012. No, it didn't. Oh my 13, God. 14, 15, no, it didn't. 16, 16. It didn't start in 2012, so your counting doesn't make any sense. Yeah. No, it didn't. I guarantee it didn't. I'll I used it. to work exclusively at Starbucks, and it did not happen back then. Telling you. No, no. Anyways. We speak English, and we delivery. That's where it came from. So I used to, I, I decided to start like a private Instagram one day that was like separate from my work one, where I just wanted to like post whatever I was doing, like video game stuff, skateboarding, basically all like my nerd stuff. And I was standing in line at Starbucks needing to make a name. And the chick was like, mobile order for Jacob? And I was like, there we go. Mobile order. And that's been pretty much everything. You're a liar. Larry Curly in mobile order. God damn. What else has happened? Dude, I watched uh, Power Rangers, finally. The movie? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> the new movie. Like the new one? Yeah. How was it? Uh, right here, motherfucker. 2015 Starbucks mobile order now available. Three years ago. I'm telling you, I had that beta nope, early access. You're so wrong. <laughs> you guys are pissed. I worked at a mall, so they get everything like two years early. <laughs> <laughs> All right, continue. About what? Oh, Power Rangers. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's an atrocious movie. I'm going to get a beer. I'm going <laughs> to skip this because I could not care less about Power I have Rangers. two left. Grab all of those. Both of them, I should say. But to be fair... Yeah, I want to hear I, all I your good and bad. Expecting, I wasn't expecting anything from it. Zero right. percent. Right, yeah. Uh, and I thought they, they played well off of... The characters were fine. I, well, the Power Ranger characters were fine. The teens were fine. Yeah, the teens were good. The history behind it was decent. Like, Zordon was a Power Ranger. He failed. Rita was a Power Ranger. I thought that was interesting. Alpha yeah. 5 was fucked. <laughs> yeah. But it's weird because Alpha 5, to begin with, was fucked. Like, he... True. It was, so it fits. Yeah, exactly. And my my biggest downfall was Rita. Like, they did not cast her well. They didn't play her well. The whole thing was fucking weird. <laughs> really? I, every time she came on screen, I was like, just don't fuck this up too bad. Uh, yeah, I don't know. The fact that they made her an alien, assuming the form of a human, and then she's going around and screaming at everybody for gold. I need your gold. It was just kind of mm -hmm. weird. I think that was part of it too. Like I can suspend disbelief with the Power Rangers themselves because they're teenagers who get a power. Mm -hmm. But when you combine that with 
like the original Power Rangers were different creatures altogether. I don't know. That's just kind of what threw it off, I think, for me. Yeah. Like they should have made her a human <laughs> a human witch on the moon or whatever. Made way more sense back in the cartoon. <laughs> back in the... Well, and that's show. the issue. Like, it, it, you're already coming from a fucked point of view. Yeah, like, like it's, it's really hard to fix it. <laughs> but I don't know how they, they made Rita worse. Because I personally think they mm -hmm. did. I thought it was, I but I did like the historical aspect that she was the Green Ranger at one point. Like, I think that that's badass. And she's like a fallen ranger. Yeah. No, I think that ad was cool. But the whole every time she was on. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. It. Maybe it's the fact that she, her goal was to build a giant golden beast that made it bad. Like yeah. she was going around collecting fucking bling to make a giant golden Godzilla. God, when she walked into that jewelry it. store and had a conversation, <laughs> I was just like, I can't fucking just, yeah. just keep working. Yeah, it was parts like that that made me totally check out. But in general, it was... So when you, before you started the review, you mentioned you had no expectations. I think that's what did it for me. Movies like this and uh, like the TMNT remake, like you walk in with zero expectations, you have a good time watching it, and that's fine. Let's get this straight. The TMNT remake was really good compared to the fucking Power Rangers. All right. So when we saw it, I agree with you, but I have watched it since. And I think it was, we went in with low expectations and we loved this as a kid. So we enjoyed the movie, but it's not, no, it's not good. You don't think the Which Turtles movie? was like an nah. okay movie? Legend of the Years? No, we're talking about the remakes, the uh, the new Michael Bay ones. I haven't seen them. Yeah. I've seen What If Michael Bay Directed Up. Say that again. What If Michael Bay Directed Up. Have you ever seen that video? No, but it sounds fun. It's basically the movie Up. But if but Michael every, Bay directed every it? Every time someone throws something, <laughs> it explodes. <laughs> it's, okay. So like the dogs are blowing up, like the blimp is blowing up, the old guy's blowing up. It's just explosions everywhere. <laughs> I think there's a, like, what if Michael Bay directed Star Wars out there, too? I want to see it. It's... Everything about the movie was bad. <laughs> but I still half, half... Not everything. I half enjoyed parts of it. The one that... The, the <sighs> bit that, like, kept it all together were the teens themselves and their interactions with each other. Yeah. And the relationship be built there. That's what like, I was just going to say. You can't hate the whole thing. core... At that core, it was decent. Yeah. Like, they were all kind of fuck-ups, and they all needed to do one thing or another, and they... I don't know. I really liked Billy, actually. I thought the uh, the black kid that played Billy was perfect. Yep. Did you see uh, Pacific, the second Pacific Rim? I haven't seen any of them. Oh. I didn't see the first one. Man, if you like Power Rangers and, like, Mech Assault and all that stuff, you should see those. <laughs> and the second one... That's what I think of it. They're, they're pretty cool. There's a little Gundam shout out in the second one, the statue. <laughs> also, when they uh, become the Megazord and they each <laughs> they each control a limb, I thought that was the dumbest thing I've ever seen. I, I think that's a tongue-in-cheek thing. I because that's how it always worked. Yeah, I think it's a tongue-in-cheek thing because kids always used to think that that's how it it I thought actually that's how worked. It worked. I still think that's how it works. No, I, yeah, I also thought that too. they were all in one central room. So? <sighs> well, yeah, Zord, but they're, they're controlling the Zord that they came in. Yeah. Like no, this, this, yeah, like this dude Zord turned into his arm. 
So now you got to control that. It was cringy to see on screen. Like, did you just bitch slap Rita? Yeah. Yeah, it was, you know, they went a little over the top. The whole first half, like the setup about the, um, like the prequel thing with Zordon. And then it's all the interactions between the teenagers for like a while, like 20, mm-hmm. 30 minutes. I was hooked with that. But then as soon as Rita came on board, she asked people for gold. Goldar gets built. He's a giant fucking gold thing. Mindless beast. As soon as all that stuff started to kick in, it just went downhill real quick. No, I agree. And then they, they, and then they fucking team rocketed her into space. And that's how it ended. And I hated that so much. I agree. They were halfway there. Also, she doesn't die. She just floats up and be, does the icicle she be does. thing. Yeah, she doesn't. She's not dead. So we'll get a sequel. Sequel's coming out, actually. Announced, I think. Jesus. Um, I watched, rewatched Dark Tower on the flight as well. I haven't seen it yet. Uh, it's bad. not bad. I, I feel means. like I like it. It's a good movie. I mean, it's not going to be like one of my favorites, but it looks like a movie that I'll be entertained watching. Yeah, so I don't know. I don't think we actually talked shit about it per se, but it's it's a good movie for what it is. I, as a fan of the first four and a half Dark Tower books, was just four sad. And four and a half out of seven, yeah. The uh, Just sad that they changed the format of it and made it um, an hour and a half popcorn action flick instead of a... Like a three-hour epic fantasy sci-fi bullshit. This is this is where I, I get like torn. Like part of me, so I just watched the Warcraft movie. Like obviously, like there's different things that have been made about either like books or video games where like you want the most out of it. But I'm starting to get to the point where I'm enjoying things being different, specified by their like format. So like yeah. I don't need a movie to tell the story that I can experience through like if if there was a Revan movie, I don't need it to be Knights of the Old Republic. Because I've already I've already experienced that, I've lived that, I've got to be that player. Like I know a lot of people would be triggered if they made a Revan movie that differed from Knights of the Old Republic. But I also don't mind because I'd like to see a new story. But like well, people differed from it versus set with him before or after it is two different things. Because in Dark Tower, they they kind of change what the story actually is in the first that's, book. That's what I'm saying. I don't even mind if they come out with a Revan movie that's totally different. If it's yeah, a good movie. because yeah. then I still have I still have those experiences I had growing up, and it doesn't change it. I See, can that, still, that's where I get hurt. I can still fire up Night Solar Republic and play my story, or I can just watch a movie. Like I'm not well, canon what's, crazy. What's the point of making a Revan film that's different. Why don't you just make a film with a character that's brand new and experience the same thing? That's what I'm saying. I would much prefer that. But if they did it, I'd still rather get that than nothing. Yeah, they better not put Revan in a movie than make it different. See, I'm okay. Like, so off the Revan example, I'm totally cool if they make a movie before or after KOTOR that is Revan, doesn't talk about KOTOR. But if they're going to cash in on the idea of Revan because he's popular and then entirely rewrite the story of KOTOR, that's where I get pissed. Yeah, but here's the deal. If they make a Revan movie, it's going to be different than your Knights of Old Republic experience. Slightly, but no, no matter what, uh, it's there's going to be things that happen differently where you're like, I would have never done that if I was Revan. I they could just do the Mandalorian Wars. Why? I no, mean, yeah, it could lead I'm, right up that. to it and I it just, could be totally I'm getting, unique. I'm getting less and less that like feeling of ownership over the things that I play or the things that I watch. I understand that. Where like if people want to do things and test it, then like, yeah, go for it. And if it's a failure, it's a failure. You learn from that, which is like, I don't know. I 
I've tried, I think I've been so put off by like this toxic, like ownership of like, this is my franchise or this is my story that I get and you guys fucked it up. Like I'm getting so pushed off by that, that now I'm like, I'll take anything. And if I watch it once and it's entertaining, cool. Like I'm not going to worship it, but I'm also not going to be like, this shit's uh, dead. Yeah. I guess I'm being hypocritical because I think of uh, comic book movies is basically the only way that I consume superhero stuff. But people that have been reading Iron Man for the past so 20 different. years, so different. They know a totally different story yep. than what happens in the MCU. But that doesn't but make Iron Man less. Exactly. It doesn't make Iron Man worse of a movie because it's one of the best. And it doesn't make, it doesn't completely refute the storyline of the MCU. So I am being a little hypocritical about Star Wars stuff. I guess from a creator and fan perspective, like I don't know why they would make Revan into a movie. Other than to cash in on it. And well, maybe gonna... that's why they haven't. Maybe that's why George Lucas cut Revan from Clone Wars. No, I mean, I'm cool yeah. with that, yeah. That's why I don't mind if they're not doing it, but... He cut Revan from Clone Wars because it was a great story that he didn't create. So he's like, he's fucking yep, jealous. that. Well, it's he put, not my creation. He put Bane in it. He put Coruscant in episode Barely, one. barely. He didn't, he didn't come up with Coruscant. Timothy Zahn came up with Coruscant. And he put that in three of his movies as a central plot point. The plot point. Yeah, like Coruscant came from the Thrawn trilogy. That's where Coruscant was created. Timothy Zahn put it in his books. And then technically any of the old legend stuff that was made, Lucas writes owns the property to any of those like intellectual ideas. So George Lucas yeah, I don't was believe able to, any of that. George Lucas was able to say, oh, Timothy Zahn came up with Coruscant. Well, guess what? I'm making new movies. I can use that because it's yeah. copyrighted by LucasArts. It's a LucasArts Legends book. That's a that's such a small thing besides a character in an entire era. Coruscant is giant. All of the clone, I, th I think that's huge too. Almost all of the Clone no. Wars revolves around. The well, no, no, no. So you're talking about the idea of the planet Coruscant, which okay. now holds weight because what I'm talking about is like the visual idea of what was described in the books of an entire planet that is one city that has different different climates that are decided by basically the planet itself like they can control the environment this the, that's such a small thing to the entirety of star wars though compared it, to like a darth revan i think so like based on what he's like the idea for coruscant sure but coruscant holds weight for us because that's where they decided the capital was and the jedi temple and everything that happened with anakin and padme and the senate I, and all I that i feel stuff. like you guys are overlooking how small maybe something like that can play into how a story develops the one idea of Coruscant is a planet that is also a city sparks an idea like there's an underground which sparks an idea like Cad Bane which sparks an idea like a communications disruption can mean only one thing invasion hello there you're probably wondering to yourself why did that conversation stop so abruptly you might be thinking that was possibly the best Star Wars discussion I've ever heard in my entire life. And I want to hear more. You may be thinking to yourself that this is hands down the best podcast of all time. Well, we're sorry to end your experience so abruptly. But as you may have noticed on the live streams that we've been doing recently, that we've been having some technical issues. This particular episode was recorded, as you heard in the beginning, when I... This is Commander, was in Los Angeles with a mobile setup of gear, using it for the first time, testing things out, and experimenting with my setup. 
Unfortunately, our video stream service, OBS, has been acting up recently. You may have noticed the last... I said you may have noticed a lot. I'm very, I'm very sorry for that. You may have noticed the last episode with our friend Eric Sylvie. The video stream was buffering like crazy and was not working properly on that episode as well. I honestly don't know what's happening. Um, I haven't changed any part of my setup whatsoever, except for this last episode being mobile. But as far as the video setup goes, I haven't changed anything. So I don't know what's happening. So I decided I would really like to have the live feed up there just so that you guys could chat with us while we're recording. And that to me was more important than having video or than recording multi-track like I normally do in Logic. So I hoped and prayed that the audio coming through OBS on our live stream was good and that the video was the only thing that was messed up. So I trusted OBS to record and stream the entire thing. And my plan was just to take that as one stereo track of all three of our voices and release that as the episode. Well, if you're listening to this, you have realized that that has failed miserably. We had another 35 to 40 minutes of conversation that happened that you didn't get to hear. And I sincerely apologize for that. Um, equipment stuff happens. Issues, mistakes, lost files. They happen eventually to everybody. It hasn't happened to us in a very, very long time. So it is about that time to refine the process, look at the gear, maybe get a few things, try to work out all the kinks. That way, next time I'm in a different city, we can do this flawlessly. So wanted to apologize personally that the episode that you just heard was incomplete, but we sincerely appreciate you listening. And we hope to catch you next week for a new episode of the best podcast that ever was or will be. All right. Can you hear me now? I can't hear you. We can hear you. I can hear you. I'm doing Mopar style today. <laughs>